Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. You know, I, uh, as I was preparing this week, this, this message reminded me of a drawer that we have in our kitchen. And this drawer, you probably have one of these drawers in your kitchen as well. And in this drawer, over the years, actually doesn't take very long, but over the years, uh, my wife and I, we've put things into this drawer. We've put things like napkins, like uh, plastic silverware, like um, pa- ketchup packets and sauces from Chick-fil-A and um, random things like pens and batteries and even some receipts. And we call this the junk drawer, the junk drawer. And I know you probably have a junk drawer in your kitchen as well. And the problem with this junk drawer, it seems like a good idea. Like, hey, let's put these things in there that we might use and might be able to save us time or, or be convenient and when we need them. But the problem with the junk drawer is it quickly gets full and it stays full. It's so full that you can't even open it. And because it's so full, I do everything that I possibly can to make sure that I never open that junk drawer. The reason that I don't ever want to open the junk drawer is because as soon as I open it, whatever I'm looking for, number one, I don't usually find it or it's expired or it's not in there or whatever. But then I have to figure out how to pack it back in the drawer just right so that the drawer will close because I can't leave it open. Inevitably, it's so full that when you open it, something pops out and it won't close right and you got to work through it. And man, it's so frustrating to me, this junk drawer, because it is so full, it becomes useless. That's going to lead us to where we're going to talk about here today when in continuing this parable in, in Mark chapter 4 that Jesus tells a crowd and then he explains to his disciples. To the crowd, he tells them in Mark chapter 4 that there was a sower who sowed some seed and some fell along the path and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched and since it had no root, it withered away. And here's what we're going to talk about today. And he says, and other seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no grain. We're talking about thorny ground here this morning. And here, uh, Jesus, this is what he tells the crowd. We know that he finishes this with telling them about good soil. And then he says, you know, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And that was all that he told the crowd. The disciples come to him and Jesus, and they ask him, what does this mean? And Jesus like, how could you not know what this means? If you don't understand this parable, then you don't understand any of my parables. And so he begins to explain it to him. And we're going to pick up with how he explained this thorny ground in verse 18. It says, and others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but here's three things that happens to those that are thorny ground. The the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires of other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. So here, in thorny ground... In thorny ground, the seed got deep enough into the ground to take root. So we know that it got farther than it did with the path that we looked at several weeks ago. The path was hard. The seed never gets into the ground. And and this is a representation of the word not getting into our heart because of a lack of understanding. So this deals with our mind. Our mind has to be engaged with the scripture. 
Then we, we talked about the rocky ground, and Jesus talks about the rocky ground. This is shallow. This ground is shallow, so the seed never gets rooted, and because it never gets rooted, it withers away, which is a representation of the word being heard, and we understand it, but it never gets rooted into our hearts because this pressure from people or pressure from circumstances comes and makes us offended. This deals with our feelings. Today, we're reading about the thorny ground, which is a, a crowded ground. There's a lot of other things. There's thorns also growing up with this seed so that the seed never produces, which is a representation of the word being heard and getting into our heart and even rooted, but it gets choked out, and this deals with our focus, our focus. So this seed that gets into the thorny ground, it lasts longer than the other seeds. So this is good. This is us hearing the word and remembering the word and understanding the word and maybe going back and reading the word throughout the week and getting the word rooted on the inside of us. Um, this is not just us opening our Bibles on the weekends or on Sundays, but actually being consistent in hearing and seeing and reading the word. Um, praying and studying the scriptures, even that you've heard preached. And this seed actually takes root and it grows. It grows up. It has some level of production. And this is because we're investing more time in the scripture. Thorny ground invests more time with that seed. It allows the seed to get deeper. It invests more time in order to have that depth. So you begin to see that this seed actually um, produces, it grows up, but it doesn't grow up alone. It has competition for this, this space of soil. The soil um, is producing not only seeds, but it's producing thorns. And there's this competition, if you will, for the real estate of this soil. In the same way, there's competition for the real estate of our hearts. We have uh, the word, and, and the word should be get gaining ground, and we should be investing in, in the word, and it should be rooted, and it should be growing up out of us and producing. But we also have the three things here that Jesus talks about with this thorny ground. Well, first of all, the cares of this world. The cares of this world is also growing up and getting rooted and producing out of our hearts. So while we have the word producing right alongside it, the cares of this world, which is anxieties and distractions. And man, right now, this, this is evident all across our country, all across the world. People are, are distracted. People are anxious about what's going on, about the future, uh, about their personal situation, about the national situation, even about a global situations. We're consumed with political or social issues. We're worried about the future. We're worried about our job or our living situation. And the cares of this world are coming in and they're growing in our hearts alongside the word of God. We have to ask ourselves, what are we, what are we actually choosing to think about? And we have to be honest with this. Are we, are we thinking more about the things of this world than the things of God? Is our focus on God's kingdom or is our focus on the natural? Is it spiritual or is it natural? Are, are, we, are we people who are um, consuming our hearts and our minds with God's word? Are we consuming our hearts and our minds with TV and social media and the upcoming election and the injustices in our country and what's going on on your job? What's going on with your kids or the fear of your future? 
We have to be honest with this to be able to identify those thorns that are growing up in our hearts because Jesus spoke about this. He spoke about this very clearly. In Matthew chapter 6, he tells us that we should not be anxious about our life in any way. What we'll eat, what we'll drink, uh, or even about our body, what we'll put on. Life is more than food and body and clothing. He makes this very clear. He says, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is, in the, is the trouble of it. So, so we, Jesus makes it clear, like, the cares of this world should not take root in our heart and should not be growing up and producing in our lives alongside his word. This, this real estate, this competition for this real estate in our hearts, it should be a no-brainer. It should be a monopoly of the word having full access to that real estate. And yet, the cares of this world seem to not only have a share of the real estate of our hearts, but it oftentimes feels like it's dominating. It's dominating our, our hearts and our thoughts and our focus. But there's something else here. Um, When we keep reading, there's another thorn that tries to grow up in our hearts, and it's called the deceitfulness of riches. This is the lie that Satan tells us that if we had more money, then we would have no more problems. More money doesn't equal less problems. More money equals different problems. And, And what Jesus is saying here is not that riches are the problem. Riches are not the problem. Money is not the root of all evil. Money is the root of all kinds of evil. Here Jesus is saying it is the deceitfulness of riches. It's the lies that we believe about riches that grow up in our heart and take root and then begin to produce alongside his word. It's the lies that riches tell us that if we had more of them, then we'd have no more problems. That if we had more riches, we'd be secure. If we had more riches, then we'd, have, we'd be happier and everything would be better and our future would be solidified. When all of those things are lies, they are deceitfulness. It's the deceitfulness of riches. If you've ever known somebody who habitually lies to you, there comes a point often very early on where you no longer readily or easily believe them, where they, they have to prove even the simplest things to you because they've lied to you so often. For, for some people, it's people in their past that have lied to them so often that now they don't really believe anybody. I've seen people online say that, like, I trust no one. I don't believe anybody, like nobody. And yet, for some reason, we don't hold riches to that same standard. We, 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 don't, we have allowed riches to lie to us over and over and over and over and over again, yet we still continue to trust the deceitfulness of riches. We've seen people have millions and millions of dollars and end up bankrupt or, or strung out on drugs or suicidal or even kill themselves or, I mean, horrific things. We, we've seen people go from a little bit to, to a lot and still have problems and maybe even more problems or, or, or still face some of the same difficulties. We, we've seen how riches do not produce happiness and joy, and yet we continue to believe the lie that they do. We continue to come back and back and back to the lie that Satan tells us that we just need more riches. We just need more money. The question I have for us is, how much is enough? What, what happens when you get whatever it is that you think that you need? What, what happens then? 
Because if you've ever been in a place where you've achieved uh, the riches to get to a place that you never thought you'd get before, then you realize that it's hollow, it's shallow. For, for many of you all, like you already make more money a year than your parents made. You, you maybe have things that, that maybe you never thought you could have or never experienced having growing up. And yet here you are today continuing to believe the lie that riches improves your life, that riches gives you peace, that riches gives you happiness, that riches give you protection. Yet we continue to allow Satan to lie to us. Money, more money doesn't equal more, uh, less problems. More money equals different problems. That, that's, that's, that's the lie. That's the, the truth that we need to make sure that we grab a hold of and understand because Jesus also spoke to this and he made it very clear. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We have to make sure that in the real estate of our hearts that the treasure is the word, not these things that we think riches will bring. Yes, God wants us to be blessed and he wants us to be blessed financially and he wants us to enjoy things here on this earth. <clears throat> However, that is not the goal. That is not the point. Those are benefits. Those are byproducts of righteousness, of, of doing things God way and being willing to, to let anything and everything go as opposed to seeking after better, bigger, nicer, and more and not seeking after God. Money can be very deceitful, and the lies that money brings into our life, we just, we continue to believe them. And uh, we, need to, we need to grab something that Paul says in Philippians chapter 4. He, he says, whatever situation I, I am in, I am content. I know how to be low. I know how to be high. In every circumstance, I've learned how to, to, to the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need. I, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And we, we love that last verse in verse 13 of Philippians 4, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But in context here, Paul is talking about, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me concerning whether or not I have a little or whether or not I have a lot. So what does that mean? That doesn't mean that God wants us to be poor. What it means is God doesn't want us to buy into the lie that riches produce things that actually only God produces. That riches can bring you things that really only God can bring. And so when we look at the real estate of our heart and what's rooted, we, we cannot allow the thorn of deceitfulness, the lies of riches to grow up alongside the word and choke out the word of God. There's one more thing that he talks about here, and that is uh, the desires for other things. These desires for other things. These desires are lust, these inordinate desires for other things. Because God wants us to have nice things. He freely gives us every good gift. But it's our lust of those things. It's our inordinate desire for those things um, that, that get us into trouble. It's our inordinate desires for bigger houses or nicer cars or nicer clothes or more gadgets or more dresses or shoes or whatever those things are. Those, those get to be thorns that grow up into our heart and choke out the word. This is, um, the, the, this is really prevalent in this generation, in our generation, because we have grown up in a time that is prosperous that has levels of access that the world has never seen before. So there's a level of entitlement to nice things and the things that we desire. And if I just work hard enough, then I deserve that. 
I'm not saying that you don't deserve that. I'm saying let's challenge and let's make sure we watch and guard our hearts that 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 is not a lustful thing in our lives. Yes, we'll enjoy the good things that God brings our way and we may have preferences. We may like this or like that, but, but we would be willing to give up anything and everything to serve God. The moment that you're not willing to give up those things that you desire, then they've, they've taken a place in your heart that is in danger of being a thorn that will choke out the word. This seed grows in us, this seed of the word, even though it's growing among thorns. And just like the word grows in our life and our understanding grows and our desire grows and our desire to obey it grows. But we have here these three things, these cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the the lust for other things. It also grows alongside it. And so you have two things growing at the same time, which creates a crowded heart. And then ultimately what was going to happen is the thorns, these cares, these lies, and these lusts are going to choke out the word. They are going to overcome the word in your heart. We have to make sure that we realize that these things that we want, the lustful things, the the riches, the, the cares that we want these things to work out, that we're not taking any of that with us to heaven. For eternity, we're not taking any of that. For eternity, we're taking um, none of that. We're, we're taking our memories and we're taking our ethnicity. That's what we're taking with us to heaven. For most of us, we won't even get to choose what we're buried in, what clothes we're buried in, or what even goes in our casket. Somebody else will even choose that. So we have to make sure that we are not so consumed with our time here on the earth that we allow that to rob us of, of the benefits and the effectiveness of what we can produce here that will have an eternal impact for all eternity. So what's the answer to this? The answer is found in 1 John chapter 2. I want to read to you three verses. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. It says this, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh... The desire of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides or lives forever. So here's our answer to to these thorns. How do we get rid of the thorns in our heart? How do we make sure that, that our heart is not thorny ground? And maybe, again, we've talked about this each week, but maybe it's not your heart overall, but maybe it's an area of your heart. It's, it's, it's a portion of your heart that is thorny ground. Here's what you do. Number one, you love not the world or the things in the world. We looked at this verse last week, Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Paul says, For I consider that the suffering of this present time is not worth comparing with the glory that's to be revealed to us. So we cannot love the world or the things in this world. We have to make those decisions to not love those things. The cares of this world will not compare to our eternity. The riches gained here on this earth will not last into our eternity. The things that we accumulate here will not comfort us in our eternity. And so we have to be eternally focused. Again, the thorns, they they deal with our focus. They're challenging our focus. They're trying to get us off of that focus of God onto to the focus here on the world. They're trying to get our focus out of the spiritual things and onto the natural things. 
We have to decide not to love the world or the things in the world. And so what does that mean? That means, number two, that we have to love Jesus. Like, we're believers in Jesus. We're followers of Jesus. We can't just say that we love Jesus, but we need to actually love Jesus. And I don't just mean with our words. I mean with everything that we have, we need to love Jesus. Above and beyond all our affections, all our desires, we need to love Jesus. Loving Jesus is not about a feeling. It's not about an emotion. Loving Jesus is obeying Jesus. And too often, we don't do what we believe that we should do, and therefore, we fall short in loving Jesus. I want to challenge us to, to do the things that we believe, to, to act on what we believe. Paul said this, the very things I do are the things I don't want to do. And the things I don't do are the things that I, I want to do. I find myself doing. So, so I'm not saying that we'll be perfect because clearly we won't and we will make mistakes. But we have to transition from being hearers of the word into being doers of the word and applying this word to our lives. We have to begin acting on the word and, and let your desire or your feelings catch up to that action. So sometimes it's like, I don't feel like acting on the word. I don't, I'm not passionate about acting on the word. I don't even necessarily want to act on the word. Well, listen, for those of you that feel that way or are honest enough to say at least there's an area of my life that feel that way, just start with your actions. Start with your actions. Start in prayer and start with your actions. Begin um, acting it and, and, and living it and your emotions and your feelings, they will follow along. God tells us not to worry about this life. He tells us that he'll take care of us. If he takes care of the birds, if he takes care of the grass, then he will take care of us. God gives us instructions about the benefits and he gives us instructions about the dangers of money. God speaks clearly about making him our top priority. So we're not only uh, refusing to love the world and the things in this world, but we are choosing to love Jesus. If you really want to see the power of the word, you can't just believe it. You have to begin to do it. And then number three, we have to focus on eternity. We got to focus on the kingdom of God. Jesus said that if you're not willing to give up everything this world has to offer, then you can't be his disciple. So we got to give up that backup plan. We got to give up that, that old girlfriend or old boyfriend's phone number. We, we got to burn those bridges that, that are our escape routes back to sin. And we have to go all in with Jesus. We have to put our focus on him, our focus on the kingdom of God. The way to demolish the cares of this world is to give them all to Jesus. The, the way to overcome the lies of the riches is to fully trust Jesus. The way to conquer our lust is to love Jesus more than we love those desires. When our focus gets right, then things will come clearly. And not only will we see clearly, but we'll begin to remove those thorns out of our hearts. They won't grow up with the word and the word will have free reign in our hearts. It'll have more real estate. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and then all these other things will be added to you. These things that we are trying to get on our own, that we're allowing to get rooted in our heart and coming and building up out of our heart. Jesus says, listen, if you'll just seek me first, I'll give you all that other stuff. 
If you'll give me your heart, I'll give you all that other stuff. If you'll, if you'll kick those thorns out and refuse to, to get caught up in the cares of this world or the deceitfulness of riches or the lust for other things, if you'll refuse that, I'll give you all the stuff that you desire. But you need to seek me first. You need to be genuine and passionate and authentic about your faith and your love for Christ. Cares, deceit, and lust, they crowd out and they choke out the, the heard and the understood and, and even the believed, received, and rooted word of God. They are dangerous. They are powerful. And our hearts, our hearts are like that kitchen drawer, the kitchen junk drawer that just gets full of all this stuff. Like, man, I, I have to be good stewards. I have to be wise, so I got to care about this. And yeah, I have to, you know, I want better for my kids, so I'm going to believe this lie about riches. And, and man, I, I deserve this. I've worked so hard to, to get this thing or earn this thing. And, and so we've jumped, put all that into the junk drawer of our heart, and we look up, and, and now we don't even want to open it because we know, like, man, it's so hard to close because there's so much stuff in there. It's so crowded. I can't put anything in there even if I wanted to. When I open it, something pops out, and I can't, it takes work and frustration to even close it, so I'll just keep it shut, and for many people, that just means I'll just play church. I know that actually I love things of this world more than I love Jesus, so I'll just keep that shut. I'll keep it closed. I'll, I'll, I'll keep that junk drawer hidden. If anybody ever comes over to my house, I'll tell them where stuff is. I'll make sure they don't go in that junk drawer and see all the junk that's in there, see all the stuff that's expired, see all the stuff that's no longer useful. And what happens then is that is a drawer in your kitchen, in our kitchen, that we will never use and can never use. It's unproductive. It serves no purpose. And if we allow the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things to be that junk drawer, then, then it also serves no purpose. And the one thing, I'm not a farmer, I don't know a whole lot about all that, but the one thing I do know is the purpose of a seed is to produce. <laughs> I, I do know that a seed is not supposed to remain a seed. A seed is supposed to be something that actually turns into something else. So one of the worst things we can do with a seed is, is hinder it from becoming what it was created to become. And we have to get into our hearts and allow God into our hearts to clear out that junk, to clear out those thorns, remove those things and open up real estate, open up space in our hearts for us to be able to fill it with his word so that it can produce and we can become the people God wants us to become. And most importantly, and as importantly, we can do all the things that God wants us to do to reach all the people that God wants us to reach. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.